Greetings team Adulam. Karibuni sana tena. Welcome back. We are now on what is a mini series that we started last week. Work is worship. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Today is part 2 of work is worship. This is the episode 2 of this and today the question that we want to be able to answer is what is work? Last week we looked at why we work. Today I want us to be able to understand what work is. Hallelujah. Amen. Sawa sawa. So if you remember the way that we began to define work was by looking at the book of Genesis and we're going to be looking at the Genesis today as well as another scripture in the New Testament, but what we want to be able to do is go back to Genesis and back to the creation story in being able to define what work is. Are we together? Now, the thing is, is that if you go and you read Genesis in the story of creation in Genesis 1, one of the things that really stands out and is truly deeply profound is that it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says that now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Right. And then from there, what we see is that we then begin to see God begin to improve on this earth that is deep, that is empty, dark, and where it says the surface, and, and the, there was darkness over the surface of the deep. That when God creates this, then he begins to then take this thing and then he begins to, every single day, improve on it, right? So he starts off with, let there be light, let there be this, let there be vegetation, let there be plants, let there be animals, and then it goes on and it goes on. And what happens is this, is that God speaks and it comes to pass, right? And he said, let there be light and there was light. And he says, let there be a vault between the waters to separate the waters and it happened. And so throughout the whole story of creation, what we see is that God speaks and things begin to come into be. All right. And things begin to come into begin to be created. Sour, sour. But now the thing is, is that as we saw last week, when we now look at chapter two, where we realize that the stuff that all this stuff that God is doing is work. Right. It says the heavens and thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, the thing that's really interesting is that based on how we understand work, right? And our understanding of work is this kind of laborious, you know, where you just like, oh, we're really just like really working, you know? Doesn't it seem odd that God speaking things into being is considered work com com compared to how we perceive work, right? Where is this laborious thing? And then here is God speaking and he's doing all these things and he's making all these things happen. And that there is called work. This is the thing that the thing calls work. Work in the dictionary is referred to as something that we do that takes an effort, often as part of a job or for study. You know, so we see work as this effort, something that, that's hard and strenuous, right? That's when we talk about work. It's, not, it's never really something that's generally seen in a positive light. And we talked about this last week, you know, the, the fact that it's like, you know, work is this really, really hard thing. And so the thing is, 
when we look at God here just kind of speaking things into existence, it doesn't seem really that hard, right? It seems actually rather effortless. So then how is it work then? Could it be that we have misunderstood what work is? And again, like I always say, I don't know if I always say this, but let's just say I always say this, <laughs> that the way in which we are able to perceive anything is that we don't try and understand things from our perspective. We try to understand things from God's perspective. Because it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Meaning that it is, that if you remember from last week that work was not a thing that began with man. It's a thing that began with God. And so in order for us to be able to define what work is, that we need to look at God to be able to define what work is. And in the same way we are able to define why we work, and to, sorry, to understand why we work, we're able to define what work is by looking at God. Hallelujah! Yes! And so here's the thing, right? The reason, and I hope you have your notes there because I want you to write this down, that the reason why the stuff God is doing is considered work is because work is the process of making things fruitful. Work is the process of making things fruitful. Another way of putting it is that work is the process of making things better. If you look at God in the very beginning where it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and it says that there was darkness and the thing was formless and void, right? And what he begins to do is that every single day he begins to improve on this creation that he made. That this thing that he created, that every single day he comes and he brings light. He brings the waters. He brings the whatever, uh, the trees. He brings the vegetation. He brings the animals. And every single day he begins to work on this thing. He begins to work on this thing. He begins to make this thing fruitful. And it's interesting that even when you read that he talks about the things that he created, that every single thing that he created, that he puts within itself where he says, let this thing be a seed-bearing plant or a seed-bearing or a tree that, that, that has seed-bearing fruit, that he then creates every single thing that he creates is a thing that he creates to be fruitful as well. And so we begin to see this from the very beginning that the work that God is doing is that he is literally making things better, fruitful. And every single day of that period that he is doing the work of making things better, making things fruitful. God in his ability to call things forth in the power of his might uses his power, his word, to cause which, that which was formless, dark, and void to become fruitful. God, through the story of creation, is making things fruitful. He speaks and things come to pass. The light comes. All these things happen. Why? Because work is the process of making things fruitful. The process of making things better. And so the thing that is so interesting about this is because when we look at this, we realize that for some of us, we go to work to do some work, to do some task. Let me not say work, to do some task, to engage in some effort. But for the most part, the most day, most of the day is spent doing things that are not fruitful. So you spend most of your day looking through social media, just doing like dead works, just there, just doing things that are 
completely that are not fruitful in any way right or going for some what we call meetings right where you just go and you have all these meetings but then at the end of the day you come and you say i did i just came from work my friend that's not work that's not work in fact the bible calls our inability to go and actually engage in making things fruitful wickedness and i'll show us what that in, in, in I'll show us in a few moments in Matthew what that what we're taught about that. Okay, I want to show you what we're taught about that in terms of when we are not making things fruitful, when we are not making things better, that we are actually called wicked. <laughs> Work is the process of making things fruitful. So meaning that if you're not making things fruitful, then you're not working, right? There's another word for that. Right? You're not working. Let me say it differently. If you're not making things better, you're not working. Work is the process of making things, things fruitful, the th process of making things better. Now, Jesus teaches us in Matthew 25 from verse 14 to 30, and I want to read this about what he teaches us about this very concept around what work is. And it says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went and at once put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, the first thing to note is this, is that what the master here does is that he gave everyone something to work on. Everyone, according to his ability, received something. Everyone. The guy who had five talents went and immediately put it to work and gained five more. The guy who had two put it to work and gained two more. 
These two went and put what they had been given to work. They went and made it fruitful. They went and made it better. So they, not only did the guy have now two, he had four. The other guy had five, he had now ten. Okay? However, the guy who had one talent, one talent, what did he do? It says here, he didn't work. What he did, he didn't put anything to work. It says here, he was not fruitful in any way. What he did is that he went, right? And he went and buried that thing in the ground. And then the thing that is so interesting is this. So he, first and foremost, this guy did not take this thing and do anything with it. He did not do anything. He did not make it any better. The thing did not bear any fruit. Instead, he buried it in the ground. And the thing that is so interesting is where the master comes and tells this guy who has this one talent. Like, Yanni, you couldn't even put this thing in the bank so that it can earn some interest. Meaning that Jesus was literally, or the, rather the master is here saying to this servant, Yanni, you're trying to tell me that you couldn't even make this thing even a little bit better? You couldn't take this thing and just make it even a little bit better? And so, the thing is, is that this master, this guy who had the one talent, all the guy had was excuses. The guy is like, oh, you know me, you know, you know, you know, God, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is actually very typical of people who aren't working. Is it not true? Like, they always have excuses. <laughs> See, excuses are very, are very, uh, very, very key traits of people who are not being fruitful or trying to make anything better. It's always something. There's always a, a, a story. But the thing that is like, that's so interesting is that this guy literally had this thing and would not in any way make it any better. And so what happened is this, is that the master calls him lazy and wicked. That's the reason why I was saying, when you're not making anything better, literally the Bible is saying that you are wicked, <laughs> right? You're wicked, right? This is wickedness. When we have an attitude where we are not in a position to make anything better, to work on anything and make it fruitful. And here's the thing with, about the wicked servant. The reason why he says that he could not be fruitful is because he was afraid. He was afraid. And what's so interesting is, is that when you look at this, is that you realize that for many of us, what we're doing is that we're waiting on the perfect time or the perfect situation or to work on the thing that we, we love and the thing that we enjoy in order for us to be able to actually begin to work. And remember, if work is the process of making things fruitful, the process of making things better, it means that we're waiting for the perfect scenario for us to be able to apply ourselves and make something better. So, one of the things that happens is, because we're waiting for the perfect time to be fruitful, we are, we are, we're waiting for the perfect time to be fruitful. You know, we're afraid of what people will think about this thing that we're doing, right? So we don't do it. We're afraid. I'm just like, oh, I'm so afraid of how people, what people will think. What would my friends think when, when I come and I, and, I, and I ask them, you know, 
let's let's start a prayer squad i'm i'm afraid of this thing that or what, what will people think when i when you know my suggestions to to improve on on the, our work process or or the place where we're working what will people think if i begin to start to do all this stuff it's just like let me stick to the bare minimum because maybe guys will make fun of my gift or maybe guys will do you know what's interesting is is that um you know one of the the reasons the, the 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 many reasons of how this ministry started Adulam is because one of the things that I recognized from preaching at uh, Nairobi Chapel South and also for many years of loving God's word and is that I really really love to teach but one of the things that I realized is because before while I was you know preaching at the church uh, in Nairobi Chapel is that I would only preach maybe twice a year. Um, which was basically two months in a year. And I felt that as though, because God had revealed this gift to me, that I kept feeling this uneasiness of, man, like, I feel like I need to, I need to exercise this gift. I need to find a way to exercise this gift because two months a year is just not cutting it for me, right? I need to find a way to exercise this gift. And so the thing is, is that I kept thinking about, literally the story that I kept thinking about is this guy, the wicked servant, who he had been given a talent. He had been given a gift and he kept his, his fear, but kept, kept, kept the thing buried. And I remember thinking for so many times, like when we finally eventually began um, Adulam, which was, you know, when we began it about a year ago. One of the things is that people always would come up and be like, man, dude, you're so courageous. You know, it's like, wow, like, I can't believe you just like, you just started the thing. And in my head, I'm just like, yeah, that's, that, I, I get that whole thing of perceiving that the thing that I'm doing is courageous. But on the flip side, it's like, do you want to be this servant who has a gift and buries it? And now the, you hear your master coming to tell you that you're being wicked? Because you have this gift that you won't exercise and you're unwilling to exercise. So the thing is that what people perceived to be courage, in essence, was just me not wanting to be the guy who is this guy. Who is from a place of fear is the reason why I don't want to start this thing. And isn't that true for many of us? Where it is because we are like this guy. Because he was afraid. Because he was afraid. That's the reason why he didn't want to go and exercise or to go and make this thing fruitful, or to go and do something with this thing that he had been given. All he wanted to do was to come and just sit on it because he was afraid. Right? Now, here is the thing. As we are here, just here living in this fear, right? Not realizing that the person that we need to give an account to of our fruitfulness is to God. That God is the one whom we give an account to of our fruitfulness of our work, which is the process of making things fruitful, when we begin to realize this, right, is that the thing that we need to realize is this, is that when people move in courage, it's not because we don't have fear. It's not because we are not afraid. It's not because we don't second guess ourselves. It's not because we, don't, we, we, we move with boldness without any doubts. The reality is that those whom we perceive to be courageous are no different from many of us. The only difference is that they do not let their fear stop them from doing what it is that God is calling them to do. 
they refuse to be the wicked servant who is given something and literally sits on that thing and does not work on it. Work is the process of making things fruitful, the process of making things better. This is the reason why courage is commanded by God, because courage says move in spite of whatever fears you may have. And therefore, when we allow fear to stop us from being fruitful, we are subjecting ourselves to be just like this guy over here, to be a wicked servant and to subject ourselves to a life of toils. Because work is the process through which we make things fruitful. The process through which we make things better. Every single person has been given the ability to be fruitful. It's ingrained in our being and purpose as humanity. And we looked at that last week. That within us, we have been ingrained with the ability to be fruitful. Unless you are sick, you must be fruitful. I find it no coincidence that in the Bible that the miracles that Jesus did all revolved around healing and casting of demons. That for the most part, all, it, every, all the miracles that we see, most of them, if not a majority of them, apart from him walking on water, revolved around healing and casting out of demons. Right? Because sickness hinders you from being fruitful. The devil hinders you from being fruitful. The enemy's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. His agenda is for you to do things that do not bear any fruit. He doesn't want you to make anything better. He doesn't want you to work. And so Christ Jesus comes to remove these hindrances. And he comes and he removes these hindrances so that we may be fruitful. Friends, God is concerned about your work. He's very interested in you being fruitful. In 2 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 3, 6-15, it says, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to this teaching you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And so for you, brothers and sisters, never tire doing what is good. Never tire doing what is fruitful. Take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that you may feel ashamed. Yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. Paul is literally saying here, stay away from people who are destructive. People who are not trying to make anything better. People who are not trying to make anything fruitful. Stay away from these people. They are busy being busy bodies. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Right? And what the thing that we realize is that God in Genesis did not leave the earth empty, formless, and dark. God is about fruitfulness. He creates seed-bearing plants and trees that bear fruit with seed in it. 
creating things that have the ability to be fruitful, creating us ourselves to be fruitful. He likes to look at things and see progress. Our God likes beauty and, and, and that, that to the extent that he created trees that are both pleasing to the eye and good for food. And the thing that is so interesting is that that's something that we see in ourselves as well. I mean, for me, I personally, there's nothing that I love more than progress. There's absolutely nothing that I love more than progress. In fact, in the place where I work, I'm always telling the team, I'm always like, my guys, if we are moving forward, if we are making progress, then that is exactly all that we need is to be consistently making progress. There's absolutely no one that likes stagnation, not even nature. When water is stagnant, it becomes stale. It becomes a hotbed for disease and stinks to the high heavens. And I can see why God looked at the earth, formless and void, and began to work on it. He began to work on it. The reason why we hate stagnation is because we are made in his image and in his likeness. And he doesn't like stagnation either. Neither does his creation. And so the thing is, is, is that we must reject excuses. We must reject fear. Stories as to why we're not being fruitful or, or finding ways to make things better. And even just like this servant, that even in an environment where we're like, oh my gosh, you don't even understand where I work. Where even the, to the extent where Jesus is saying to this guy, are you trying to tell me like even in that place that there's no way you can make things even a little bit better? There's no way you could have put this thing in the bank that it makes me some interest. There's no way you can make this thing better. Oh, you know, I don't have this. I don't have all the, I don't have the, the money. I don't have, I don't have a car. I don't have, you know, whatever it is, whatever excuses that they are. What God is saying to us is that he's interested in blessing our work. Not our laziness or our mediocrity. He's interested in blessing our work. He's interested in blessing our effort in making things fruitful, in making things better. He's interested in adding to our process of making things better. For whoever has, more will be given and they will have an abundance. You know, it's really interesting. You know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12, that the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. One of the things that I've come to realize, and I hope that you'll you, you, you come to the same realization as I have, is that fundamentally in every single thing, promotion comes from God. Promotion comes from God. Jesus teaches us in Luke 16 from verse 10 to 12 that whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And you haven't, if you haven't been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? So there's so many people who are like, man, if I just had a million bob, man, I'd be able to. That time, you cannot be faithful with 10,000 shillings. Or you're there being like, 
ah man, I just need to start this biashara, this business that does whatever. And the thing is this, how are you going to have your own when you can't even be faithful in what belongs to another? You can't be faithful in the place where God has planted you, in the job that he's given you. You cannot be faithful in that place, yet you want to have your own. Promotion comes from God. You want your own business? Be faithful in handling what belongs to another person. You want to be faithful with a million shillings? You want to receive a million shillings? Right? Or be faithful with them? You have to be faithful with 10,000 shillings. He who is faithful in little will be faithful with much. And this is the thing. Promotion comes from God. And the thing is when we understand this deeply, then the result is, is that we wouldn't be waiting for the right opportunity in order to be fruitful. The thing is this. The point is this is that the whole thing that God is saying to us is that be fruitful where I have planted you. I was having a conversation with a gentleman who of course was sharing with me some challenges that he's going through, financial challenges, all these things, whatever. And I told the guy, I was just like, listen, I get the sense that God is going to give you an opportunity. And the thing that I want you to understand is when that opportunity comes, the way that you will discern that opportunity, it will look like something so small that is not answering the problems that you have. But I want you to know that that is the place that you have to show faithfulness. And God, when you show faithfulness in that place, he will open the doors that you're looking for, you to be opened for. And the thing that was so interesting is that he then tells me, he's just like, bro, I just got this job. I mean, it's paying me very little. And he had, I guess he was at a place where he was at a, a, about to tharao it. You know, to just be like, ah, but this is not the thing that I'm... And I think is that the thing that God is saying to us is that he's saying that I want you to be faithful where I have planted you. I want you, if you remember, the master gave this guy five, two, one according to their ability, all different things. And what he's saying to us is, whatever it is that I have given you, wherever it is that I have planted you, yes, there's that boss, he's so, he's so annoying, I hate that guy, whatever. Wherever it is that I have planted you, be fruitful. Work. Work is the process of making things better. The process of making things fruitful. You in that place, wherever it is that God has planted you, be fruitful. Be fruitful and make it better. Come with an attitude of making it better because promotion comes from God. He is the one who will come and observe and see it and be like, aha, you who is faithful in a little thing will be faithful in much. Come, let me show you the true riches of what it is that I intended for you. For many of us, what we're waiting for is the opposite. We're waiting for the thing, then we'll be like, man, that's when I'll be faithful. But God is saying to us instead, that wherever it is that I have planted you, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Find ways to make it better, even if it's just a little bit. There's some times where there's some places where it's too much. But he's saying to us, even just a little bit, make it a little bit better. And so the thing is this, like I, I, I've said this before, where it's just like uh, a billion times zero is zero. You got to give God something to work with. 
and stop giving God zero to work with. He says, even in the place that I plant you, find and come with an attitude to find ways to even just make it a little bit better. And so the thing is, is this, keep plowing, keep digging, keep planting, keep being fruitful, keep seeking to make things better and wait on the Lord. God blesses our work to make it even more fruitful. Work is the process of making things fruitful. The process of making things better. And so God is interested in you being fruitful where he has placed you. He's interested in you being fruitful in what he has given you. He's interested in you being fruitful in the job that he has given you. He's interested in you being fruitful in the relationship that he has given you. He's interested in you being better. And the thing is, is that I find this to be such a a powerful mindset to approach anything with, right? Um, I mean, just to be imagine that every single day, really what the question you're asking is, is that, Lord, how can I make this thing better? How can I make this thing better today, Lord? How can I make my workplace better today, Lord? How can I make my relationship better today, Lord? How can I make what it is that you have given me today better? Today, it's such a powerful mindset, right? And the thing is, is that, you know, I remember why this is such a powerful mindset is because I remember how when working on, on MOOC and uh, when we were at the time doing, you know, ticketing and being the largest ticketing solution in the country and even now expanding into new markets. And I remember every single time when I'd go into that space, my mindset was always, how can we be better? How can we be better? It was never about like, what is the competition doing? What are other guys doing so that we can be able to match it? Our mindset, and I, and I, and I, I mean, my literal mindset every single time was, how can we be better? So we were always self-disrupting. Like we were always doing things that no one even came and told us that we, like they, we needed, that they needed or wanted. But we were always like pushing, pushing. How can we be better? How can we be better? And the thing that was so interesting is at some point, we became so good at what we did that I remember looking and just being like, hiya, when did we become the best at this thing? Looking back and just being like everyone else is now, you've become the standard. You become the standard for others. And that was so surprising to me because I never spent any time looking at what anyone else was doing. I really didn't. Uh, my, my entire focus was about like, how can we be better? How can we be better? And suddenly, all of a sudden, you realize you're the best. But still, even in that same place, is realizing that the ability for us, and this is so amazing because it's like, this is the thing that God is calling us to, where he's just like, adopt this mindset of just like, come and find ways in every single thing that you are doing. How can I make this thing better? I'm telling you right now, even in regards to this, anything, even in regards to this ministry, as you go along, if you go and watch... <laughs> If you go and watch our original uh, videos and you look at like the, it's just like we started, but you can literally be able to see the progress that we are making and we will continue to make progress as we go along because we are here working. We are here to make this better, to be fruitful, 
and to be better. And we come with that mindset every single time. And this is what work is. And so when you're not making things better, you aren't working. When you're not making things fruitful, that's not work. Work is the process of making things better. The process of making things fruitful. Hallelujah. You know, the thing that's so interesting as I close is to realize that this is the very nature of our God. I find it so interesting how, and, and we've talked about this so many times when we talk about the process of sanctification that Jesus allows us to experience, where literally, literally when you find Jesus, that first he justifies us, but then the second thing that he does is that he, through his spirit, begins to sanctify us. And the sanctification process is a process where we literally become better every single year, every single day, every single week, every single month. Like my entire life is just a collection of just like being better, always being better. And this is what he does for us. This is his MO. This is him at work. That he, that's him at work in us, willing and working in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. This is his work in us, that he is constantly making us better. That the same guy who used to be impatient last year is way more patient this year. The guy who used to be so angry last year is way, is way less, in fact, he's now less, he doesn't get as angry as he used to because he is about working on us, about making us better. Work is the process of making things better, the process of making things fruitful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the one who works in us to will and to do according to your good pleasure. I thank you, Father, that you never stop working on us. You never stop transforming us. You never stop pushing us to be better. You never, ever, ever stop working on us. Father, I pray that we would adopt a similar mindset in everything that we do. That we would never give in to not being better in every single place where you've planted us. I pray, Holy Father, that this word would enter into our hearts and not just sit there, but it would then permeate into every single thing that we do where we would come with a mindset of how can we make this better? How can we make this fruitful? You are the God who does this in us. May you do it through us in every sphere of our lives. May we be committed to making things better for the glory of your name and for the extension of your kingdom. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share it with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe. Subscribe. God bless you guys.